0: After a lifetime of researching the dynamic and enigmatic world of light entertainment, I've decided to ditch my notebook and meet the people who inspire me. What makes them the people they are? How do they feel about the show business landscape in which they find themselves? And in a world where anyone can be a star, is there still a need for performers who have universal appeal? Come with me on a journey of discovery as I get a unique insight into Britain's favourite stars, with a little help from my glamorous assistants. Yeah, well, I say glamorous, more like hazardous. And of course, we'll have a bit of fun along the way.
1: Legendary entertainer and choreographer Kenny Lynch has been entertaining the nation for over half a century with his silky voice and cheeky chappy sense of humour. Among the few black singers in the 60s pop scene, Kenny was an unlikely symbol for social change as he naturally fell into the showbiz establishment. His association with fellow performers Jimmy Tarbuck and Bruce Forsyth helped to make him into one of Britain's most enduring and versatile stars. I caught up with the showbiz icon to talk music, comedy, and the recollections of an unparalleled career in entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kenny Lynch.
2: Uh, there's many different aspects to your career, so let's deal with the music side first. How did you feel getting your first top 10 hit uh, up on a roof in 1962?
0: Well, I didn't even know I had a top 10 hit until it was already about seven in the charts because I was away on tour with, um, uh, with the Drifters and all that. <laughs> and funny enough, some, I had the first. Something was was their song that I I'd, I'd gone to the states to um to um do a track with a couple of tracks me and Mort had uh, uh, written a couple of tracks for them yeah. and we went down there and we were rehearsing with them in um, Lincoln City in New York and uh, um, one of the boys uh, what's he what name he was he they kept changing the lead singers then. Rudy had just left and then Benny had just left. And then was uh, Johnny Moore. Johnny Moore came to me. He said, have you seen our new record? It's number one in the States. So I said, oh, uh, really? He said, you've got to hear it. It's great. I've got a copy in the car. We had a little teeny uh, record player that we were playing acetates on, you know, for the song, so they could learn it. Yeah. So anyway, he comes back with this song. And he puts it on for me. He puts it up on the roof. I said, oh, that's a great song and all that. I said, give me that. I'll take you back to... to um, to England with me, I get you because I was always doing it. I took songs back for Sarah, I took songs back for Billy J. Kramer. I gave him a lot of his hits. Billy, I got, I gave him Little Children and things like that. And anyway, so I, I took it, I took it home with me, and I made the record with them. Uh, I kind of came back to London, and Wally Ridley was my A uh, and R man. He said to me, "Have you got any? Did you bring any songs back with you?" Because you know, I was always looking for good songs for different friends and people. Yeah. So I said. Uh, well, I've got one, but I, uh, the boys—it's number one in America. They said, "Let me hear it." So I said, "Well, no, the, the boys have just got it at number one, and they're coming over, and, and talk about me going on tour with them." He said, "Let me hear the record." So I p- played the little. He said, "That's a great. Should be a great song for you." I said, "Well, it can't be because you know they've given it to me. That be that would be fair, you know what I mean?" So he said, "Oh yeah, okay." He said, "Why don't we do it on an album?" Which if he hadn't have said that there would have been no trouble
2: and I thought
0: oh that's a good idea you know whenever they're out we do it on the album I like the song enough to do it on, on the album so he said okay and I went away on tour with the thrifters. right? and I didn't know the record would come out because I'd been in Manchester for about six, six weeks I think and just going from there like to Newcastle and to Huddersfield doing um, you know, discos and that sort of thing and and um, one day, uh, I walked into my flat, which was in Manchester, and the, the guy said a guy—been driving me mad. He's driving me nuts. He said he's trying to get hold of you. He said he can't get hold of you. I said, "What's his name?" He said, "Wally Ridley." I said, "Oh, that's my A and R man." I said, "I'll give him a call," and I give him a call. He said, "Where have you been?" I said, "I've been working." I told you I was working with the drifters and all that. He said, "You got you gotta, you gotta come back as soon as you can." He said, uh, "Your record's at number seven. I said, "What record?" He said. Up on the roof,
2: <laughs> I said. You told
0: me that you were going to do it as a, a, a on the album. He said, oh, yeah, we thought you sang it so where it deserved to come." Oh, a, a fanny, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, really, that's terrific because I'm working with them tonight. So oh, I go you. to work and we were in. I think we were in. Um, uh, I can't remember the fucking name of it now. A very famous town up, up up right up north, you know, almost in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, yeah. So I walk in there and I'm really embarrassed. So I, 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 I walk in and I see I walk by, I see the drifters, the dressing room and next one in mine and all that. So I go in there so I pluck up courage to go in and see the boys. Right then I'm friendly with them, right? So um so I um I go uh I, I crack up, get the courage up and I go and knock on their door, right? Yeah, and the door opens and they're standing in a horseshoe around well, the door inside and they look at me and they all go you dirty, whatever you know what they were saying it, it wasn't me, <laughs> I didn't do it. It, it I said, well he really put it out he told me he was going to use it on the album and they all looked at me, burst out laughing and said, congratulations, we're alright he said, we're number 15 with it anyway
2: <laughs> and that's
0: how it, how, how it happened oh, I've got a few more songs for him.
2: Brilliant. did you know Brian Epstein?
0: Yes, very well. Very well. Brian picked me out. To, uh, I went up to um, to uh, do a concert in, at the Empire, Liverpool, with um, with who was Sounds Incorporated. And he told me about the beat with this uh, this guy, uh, Brian Epstein. He said, "I'd like you to come on tour with us and all that." He said, "The boys said they had a laugh with you today." when you were you know, rehearsing all all, all the Silly songs because we we live at base used to where we used to get on stage and just sing anything that come into our minds.
2: Absolutely.
0: So I said, Oh yeah, I'd love to and I I did, and I finished up working with them I oh, it was four years with, after that. I think I did nearly every show they did except when we were split up the show. We did a show with little Richard and um one of the other big uh, rock stars, and they used to split it up. They me and and oh, was Sam Cooke, me and Sam Cooke out, or me and Little Richard out, and me and the Beatles. They used to change it round. So, so I did that for about uh, three or four months with them, and it was a and I had such a great time with the boys. I mean, I still well, i I still see them all the time. I see Ringo because I go to he's living in Cannes. I go to Can always give him a buzz, or I go up and see him.
2: That's great. What about Scylla Black?
0: Did you know Scylla Black? Yeah, I wrote uh, two number ones for her. That's
2: awesome. What were oh, the really? number
0: ones that you wrote for Scylla Black? Uh, that was Just a Broken Heart. Yeah. And um, What Good Am I were the ones that went to number one. Okay. I, had a, I had a couple of t- top 20s with her as well. In fact, wow. I wrote more songs for her than anybody else. Only Burt Becker, I think he was about two behind me.
2: Yeah, uh, Josh is very intrigued by that. He's a he's a huge Silla fan, so Yeah. I yeah.
0: yeah, I think everyone does you know, he lives down the road from it where I live. I mean I used to see her all the time and sometimes I just when I was driving home or driving into Latin London, I just thought oh, i will go and see Sierra and sit with her. We break open a bottle of champagne in the afternoon and sit there watching telly. <laughs> it was great. That was <laughs> awesome.
2: Okay, uh, staying with music, in 1973, you were photographed alongside many other cultural figures, including Michael Parkinson, for the cover of Wings Icon album, uh, album, Band on a Run.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, What are your memories of that time?
0: Well, when we we were on tour, me and Tarby, and we were in Glasgow, and um, we used uh, all our calls used to have to be monitored, right? Because Tony totally didn't get the fans in and all that. Yep. And I walked into this, the, um, after the rehearsal on the Monday evening, about 6 o'clock, <laughs> I walked into the hotel, and this Scottish lady behind the, um, the behind the desk said, oh, there's a fella keeps calling you up here, keeps telling me he's Paul McCartney's said, but she said, I know Paul McCartney, and he doesn't talk like one of those sort of things. I said, well, it might be, next time he's here, him through and I can always get rid of him, You know. What I mean? <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, she didn't do it for a couple of days, and then suddenly she followed, she said, "This fellow, Paul McCartney, is driving me mad. He's, he wants to speak to you." This guy came on the phone and straight away I knew it was Paul. So he said, "How long are you in Glasgow?" For? He said, "You're old at get He said, "You're you're old at the get old of the Simon Rushdie. It was during the Simon Rushdie period." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "What? I, said, I don't know." He told the girl it was you. You should have just phoned my... Well, no, if we had mobile in those days or something like that, I said you should have got come round. How can I come round the hotel? I'm in Liverpool. Said, well, you should have got another way. And so I said, What do you want? He said to me, I'm doing a new album on Sunday. Are you coming back before Sunday? So I said, Yeah. Why? He said, I'm coming. I said, I'm coming back. In fact, I'm coming back on about. Uh, I don't know, I should land in London Airport about uh, three or four o'clock. So he said, oh, that's great, he said, because we're in Scion Park, which is not far from London Airport. And then he said to me, uh, I said, why, what's happening? He said, I've got, I'm doing this new cover, and I've got this idea, and I want all my mates, he said, to be on it and be prisoners, you know, come, escaping from prisons. So I said, oh, that sounds great. And then I said to him, who's taking a picture? Because you get these some of these guys who take hours and hours to do pictures and all that. Well I used to go around with the with the uh model and photography set in those days <laughs> and he said, Oh he said I said, you ain't got one of those slow guys and he said, No, 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 he said, I've got Clive Arrowsmith, he's a mate of yours, and he told me he's your friend. I said, Yeah, that's right, he's great. He took three pictures of that thing, just three pictures. It took about five seconds and he we got off, he said, I like it, I want that one that's brilliant. That's how he's that done it. But you get some of them for toggles. They take about 600 pictures at my time. you are fed up by I only mean, your picture taken. Yeah. You know, anyway, Clive Harris who was a friend of mine, he took the picture and, and he took three or four shots. That's all he took. It was great. That's amazing. That,
2: like well, that's, you that, say that these days, on that. it takes forever. These days, when they do a photo shoot, it takes forever, doesn't it? Oh, I Once sure. so I don't have it done much, much, much anymore, but I...
0: If they if they know his guy look, take the picture. If you know right, it's unfortunate. <laughs>
2: right,
0: sitting there for hours while they take pictures and you know indulge yourself.
2: Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like so many other people of your generation, you frequently cited Sam Sammy Davis Jr. as an important inspiration. What made him so unique?
0: I just thought he I, I, he wasn't a, a, a great inspiration to me. Uh, you know, like, like I say, like uh, Stevie Wonder or something like that. But I I, knew, so I was very friendly with Sammy because he used to come over and And I was going to do Golden Boy with him at the Palladium. But they wouldn't pay me enough money. I said, I'm not going to the Palladium every night and that kind of money. And I said, so, but I got very friendly with him. And I looked up, at that time I was running the Playboy uh, music department. And uh, so I looked after the guy that came to stay there and work there. And uh, Sammy, I got Sammy a flat in the playboy, which was perfect for him because he was only at the, uh, uh, what was it, um, Al Burnett's club down the road. So he was perfect. And uh, we just became friends. I used to go down to Vegas with him sometimes and all that. And, uh, but the reason I really got involved with him was he was such a fantastic talent. I mean, he used to do four hours of, you know, I, mean, I find that very self-indulgent, but, you know, he could do four hours and never make a mistake. You know, I used I used to go and see him, and I thought, oh, Christ.
2: That's incredible.
0: How did he do it? You know, he, he used to twiddle guns, he used to um, mime. He, I mean, he did everything. And I just thought, I would not see anybody words of And that was why, I, but I, unfortunately, uh, just a year before he died, we had a row. <laughs> Over a girl uh, <laughs> in New York, and I, um, I he, he died that year, so I never had a chance to you know say him, "Oh, come on, it's a girl," you know. And then um, that was the reason I was I I liked him so much because he had so much talent. I mean, more than anyone I've ever seen on the stage. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, let's talk comedy. In 1969, you starred alongside the great Spike Milligan. For Johnny Spikes, uh, Curry and Chips, frequently criticised for being overtly racist. What's your own opinion of the blatant controversial tone of the show? Ah, it wasn't that. It wasn't that
0: controversial. I didn't, really, I didn't have one person say anything to me about it.
2: Oh, that's good.
0: And I didn't it was in those days you could do that thing, you know. And it was just yeah. a laugh. And people, the people that liked them, those shows. I mean, they were some of them were racist, obviously. But the point was, it uh, you know we all thought it was just fun. And yeah. Right.
2: And then when they stopped it, we stopped with them. That's fair enough. Okay. Uh, the first time I became aware of your work was on LWT's long-running variety show, an audience with. As an accomplished entertainer, would you have liked to star in your own audience with? No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tell you the truth, no, I'm, I right. I wasn't. Uh, see, I, I'm. It's very awkward to say, but I'm. Uh, you know, I just wanted to uh, sing, be with with Darby and the boys and and, yes. and Bruce and everybody, and that's what I did. I was I wasn't interested in becoming some guy who had to work every single night and weekends and travel the world. I, I mean, I did travel the world, went round the world three or four times, but I didn't want to be like tarby and, and Bruce and Elton—they and all, all wanted to be stars. I wasn't really that interested in it.
2: Yeah. Um, what's the secret of your relationship with Jimmy Tarbuck? Uh,
0: we're just uh, two old mates. You know, we used to. the all same sort of background and all that. Though he does—he he, he does get a bit uh, squirly sometimes. And I have to tell <laughs> him off. You know, he came from me, like from nothing, and just. Don't be stupid. And we, had, I mean, we, we we worked so well together, and for so long together, because we could row together. We had arguments, and uh, and then as soon as we had an argument, I mean, I, it would be forgotten as soon as he walked off stage, or if he walked into the dressing room, it would be forgotten. Yeah. And also, we were great golf addicts.
2: From the many renowned misdemeanors, you and Jimmy have been involved. Yeah. in throughout the years. I personally love the one about you being stuck on the motorway and having to be escorted by the police.
0: So that was me and Bruce. That wasn't Jimmy. Oh, yeah. okay. It was Bruce <laughs> because he, he can't, he can't find his way off and on of the motorway. What he could, he could. <laughs> and I said, you know, I'll tell you what, you know notice, you notice where you come off at... At, at uh, and We were going up to Manchester. We were going to play golf for the week as well. Besides, the yeah. know, whatever it was. I said, you know where you come off? <laughs> to come off to London, that's what, uh, four. Yeah. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was waiting on there. I was standing on the on the, on the the motorway with a set of golf clubs in the bag. <laughs> and all of the, uh, the police went past. why I said, they stopped me and all that. <laughs> and, uh... They you know, phoned I said, Look, "I'm waiting for Bruce Forsyth." He should have been here an half an hour ago and all that. So I phoned him in his, I phoned his mobile, and he said, um, "Lock him up. He's a bloody nuisance." He was shouting down the phone. Lock him up. He, he's always doing things like this and all that. And um, it's funny because it's in billion people's books and all that. I mean, it must have looked really funny. He's standing with a big bag of golf clubs, an evening dress in, in, in a bag, and, and
2: my work clothes. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> okay, in um in 2017, Britain lost a giant of entertainment as one of his closest friends. What was Bruce's legacy on British television? Work
0: hard, work hard, work hard. He never done anything. I said, well, he used to look at me and you know I could see it. that lady thought was saying to me, <laughs> looking at me, you get only am rehearsal. Right I I did so many shows with him, he used to over rehearse a bit, you know, and I used to say to him, Bruce, and once we did a the uh, Bruce Force Saturday night special and I I I forgot we did it so many wrote, rehearsed it so many times I couldn't remember it. Yeah. And I said to him, Bruce, I can't remember this thing. I've learnt it twice and I can't remember it. Anyway, he said, OK, well, you can stop for a little while, and then I, I got it back over. I mean, he, he, he loved to rehearse all the time. As soon as a as as pianist walked in or a composer or an um, orchestra, he'd, he'd be over by the piano. and sit down. What's up with you, for Christ's sake? <laughs> we're going to do it later. No, I want to speak. I want to do this thing with him. And he was like that. And, that, and that's probably why he was so good. you know. And, yeah. Uh, but I could never get that kind of enthusiasm out of... Out of um, he showed me. This, I'm afraid I, I, I probably used it for all the wrong reasons. You know, I just had great nights out with different people and I met hundreds of celebrities and and and, and things. And I just I I, I like that about it. But I really didn't want to work. that much. <laughs> <So> that's <laughs> that's the way I, I always was. Uh, nobody nobody ever ever really got me. I never worked. I mean, I always worked, so I knew what I was doing. I mean, but I didn't over rehearse like they, like they do. That's probably why I get on with Jimmy. He's not much of an (laughs) overreacher.
2: Okay. In 2018, you reunited with many of your showbiz pals for the ITV show Last Laugh in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. How did this give you a new perception of your industry?
0: It didn't. Really give me a. I'd known the guys that we have been there. I'd known them all for at least 50 years. And I knew I could go in there and <laughs> console them a bit because they're all, oh, we got to do this, we've got to do that. And I said, sit down and enjoy yourself, we're in Vegas. And um, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was rubbish. And so really? I didn't, uh, I never took much notice of it. I mean, we were there for 10 days. We never went out. They didn't, we never went out. The only time we went out of an evening was when we had to do something on film, like yeah. go up some, you know, uh um, what they call that, like the London Eye thing and all that, you know. yeah. And uh, that's the only time they let us out. I actually escaped once, and I had them all looking for me. And I was sitting in a bar in the corner watching them all looking for me. And I walked out of the bar. And I, walked, I walked out of this bar. Was in a, it was in it on a on a crossroad. And I put my hands up like a German sniper. You know, I mean, they had been captured. <laughs> and they all you looked round and saw me. I had my hands over my head and all that. And they were going, Where have you been? I said, I've been in here having a drink. Why? Why am I under arrest <laughs> or something? And they uh, took, took me back, and that was about
2: the only time I could have a night to escape. Of course. Well, you're in Vegas, aren't you? You should be enjoying yourself. Exactly. I was,
0: I, 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 there's about 20 bartenders bar I never got to see there. And, and I thought we were coming to Vegas and all that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I said, they wouldn't let me out. I was under, under arrest or something. Under, under hotel <laughs> arrest. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't do any more reality shows then? No, I didn't know it was
0: a reality show. Shows, I got there. I never read the concept. My agents didn't tell me it was reality. And then when they told me after the second day, because I woke up and there was a camera right about three mm-hmm. inches from my nose. I didn't, really? <laughs> what the bloody hell was that? Get out of it! Get out of the way He said, oh, we have to do I take every picture of you on a reality show. I said, it's not a reality show, is it? Because I thought what we were going to do there was start to rehearse a show for the ten days, and then just go on rehearsing and rehearsing until we, until we had it off. It was basically just that kind of thing, anyway. Yeah. But um, I was just a bit. Uh, I hate. It. I asked them if I could come home after a second. I said i will give them back their money, and they said no. We you know we can't join the captions or that, which they hardly used anyway. But. Um, uh- I enjoyed it because, uh, you know, the, the people who were on there, apart from Bobby Crush, who, who was, uh, I'd known for 30 years, the rest of them I'd known for 60 years, had done so many shows with them, with Carolyn and Ball and and, and, and and all the other people who were on there. It was like being just being in, in a house with all your friends.
2: Yeah. And they wouldn't let us
0: out, so we had to make the best of it. And I quite enjoyed the you know the nights that we were sitting there. He bought us plenty of... Plenty of red, wine, so that it was quite nice.
2: <laughs> and uh,
0: they, we, they s- s- photographed us getting in bed, getting out of bed, going to the loo, going to sleep, waking up. I mean, it was just a nightmare.
2: Really full on.
0: Oh, it was an old 10 days and all that. I, I, I mean, I was having a scream up with the cabin boys and all that. And they liked it, but, <laughs> but they wouldn't let them use it. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun being with my old mates who I'd met. Fifty years, sixty years ago, and we're still pals with them. And I, most of them I hadn't seen for about six or seven years anyway. Up till then, yeah. but as soon as I walked into this room with them all, it was it was fantastic.
2: That's great. We're just
0: you know, we all we all cuddling right. and
2: kissing and everything. It was like a, I don't know what it was like. No, <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds it sounds good. Like just. Like you haven't been apart and you just hit it
0: off no, when no, you no, left we off. No, uh, we don't do that in, in show we can talk, We most of us remember when the last time we saw each other anyway, so I, was, I you know, say, I've seen you say, I think it was 20 years when we did, what's it called, in Manchester and all that stuff. Yeah. So you've always got something to talk about. Man. That's
2: great. What is your proudest achievement over your long career?
0: To last that bloody long. <laughs>
2: That's about
0: it. I mean, I mean, I didn't think anybody could do that. You know what I mean? Even though I wasn't, you know, because I wasn't like a big star like all the boys, like Harry and uh, Jimmy and all that. But I, I, I just, re- I was there raining with them, and um, you know, and I was, I thought that was in the fantastic team because I only worked about half as hard as the rest of them.
2: Yeah,
0: but I now didn't get their kind of money, so it doesn't matter.
2: That's <laughs> fair enough. But it, you got what you wanted out of it. That's the absolutely. The overall achievement which is
0: great. Very good. I was I, I loved every minute of it and uh, and uh, I got so many friends all around the world. I was friends with kings and sheikhs and everything. We used to go away and do their private parties and all that stuff and then you know, I used to go skiing with sheiks and different things and it was lovely. No,
2: that's and I'd great. do it all again. That's that's how life should be lived. mm.
1: Definitely. Well, thank you very much much to our guests for being the subject to another Beyond the Title interview. If you like this, why not browse the website and see if there's anything that takes your fancy. Don't forget to like our Facebook page to receive updates on forthcoming interviews and to see more information about me and what I do. Thanks again and hopefully see you next time for another Beyond the Title interview.